Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Today's podcast is a solo episode and it is a topic that has been really, really requested and one that I'm happy to speak about, but it's also a topic that I know I need to be cautious with. And the reason I know that I need to be cautious with this is because I'm going to be speaking about bloating and bloating is something that so many women have experienced, but I want to be really, really clear in saying that I am not a medical professional in any sense of the word. And when it comes to health concerns, you absolutely must seek professional and qualified guidance and support. My experience over the last two years or so is just that. It's my experience and the things that I'm going to share with you, take them with a grain of salt. Take it as having a conversation with a friend who is just sharing some of her experiences that she's been through with you. Make sure you always do your own due diligence. That being said, the other part of this conversation that I want to have, and I'm happy to have, but I'm also mindful of being careful with, is talking about body image. And so I just wanted to pop in the introduction that throughout this chat, I might mention, I will likely mention, well, I'm mentioning it right now, so I am, um, that I did gain quite a bit of weight for my own frame quite quickly. And it did lead me to explore certain parts of my belief system. And it rattled me more than I probably have spoken about. But I want to be honest in that because you know, if I've experienced it, then someone else listening likely will have as well. And perhaps it's not about, well, it's definitely not about the numbers. It's more about the feeling. And so I do talk about gaining weight. I also talk about making a decision to commit to four week blocks of a different style of training. So I just wanted to put that in the introduction. I'm going to be talking about bloating. I'm going to be talking about gaining weight and then changing things up a little bit so that I felt, so that I feel, and I do feel much better 
in my own body. But if these are things that are potentially triggering for you, please this just don't listen to this episode. I will obviously do my absolute best to be cognizant and mindful of those two things. One, that I'm not a healthcare professional and two, I don't want anyone to leave this podcast feeling shit. That's truthfully <laughs> my two goals um, in sharing this story. And I, I think I'll, I think I'll be able to manage it, but as always, I just wanted to be upfront with you guys So before we get into this conversation, this chat, I also wanted to mention that today's episode is brought to you by my great friends over at Esme Skin Minerals. Recently, I was fortunate enough to attend the event for their newest product, which is heaven in a bottle. It is amazing or in a tube, I guess you'd call it. Um, When I can talk a little more about this product, when I've got the go ahead and the official brief, I will. But let me just say, Esme, congratulations on adding another wonder product to the family. Now, if you've never tried Esme, now could very well be the time because I have a 15% off discount code to share with you. And so that is for the whole month of March. And that code is Love Kylie, all in capitals for 15% off. So if you type Esme, E-S-M-I into your Google search and head to Esme Skin Minerals, I'll also put the website in the show notes. That code again, all in capitals, Love Kylie, 15% off. Now Esme are so incredibly passionate about the products they create and they're equally as passionate about delivering an exceptional customer service experience. At the event, we were fortunate enough to hear from the team leader of their skincare specialists, who also happens to be a dermal therapist herself. And you could just see and feel the joy that she has for making a difference in the lives of, I was going to say women, but even men, just the lives of people who are struggling with skin concerns. And we all have our own unique skin problem areas and skin goals, someone out there listening might really be struggling with acne or hormonal breakouts, whereas another person may be suffering from pigmentation, particularly during and after pregnancy. That's really common. Or maybe it's just general dryness or you you just want your skin to be a little glowier and smoother and brighter and even, whatever it is. Esme really believe in working with their customer to deliver a unique and individualized, um, almost prescription for skincare. So you can chat with their team via phone, which is so nice. You can send photos via social media. You can chat via email, via their chat box on their website and just speak to them. And they are normal caring, thoughtful, qualified people to help guide you. And you can share with them your budget and what's most important to you. They're not in the business of throwing everything at the problem. They're like, okay, I hear you. This is your concern. This is the product for you. Try that first. Let's stay in touch and see how things go, which is just so unique in this day and age to have a company that cares so much Their skin treats are exceptional. The Hyaluronic Hydrating Skin Treat is their famous skin treat, I would say. It is the Blue Serum, and it is just 
literally and figuratively giving your face a big glass of hydration. It's so great for plumping the skin and moisturizing without a heavy feeling. Now, in saying that, I like a product that feels um, like that that you can feel on your skin. I do enjoy that. So I top my hydrating serum with a 24 karat gold nourishing oil because that to me is just heaven in a bottle again. Like I said about their first product, it's luxury. It has 24 karat gold flakes. It smells incredible. A little bit goes a very, very long way. And I honestly think that is the secret to having glowy skin. I'm often asked about the makeup that I use, like how do you get it so glowy? But to me, it's all in the preparation before putting on your makeup and that 24 karat gold nourishing oil is it. It's so good. So jump over to the Esme website, definitely use their chat feature and use the code LOVEKYLIE, all in capitals, for 15% off. Now, this solo episode, if you've ever listened to another solo episode, you will know sometimes I jump around, I waffle, but I'll try and keep it succinct. The purpose, my intention for sharing this is to hopefully encourage anyone else who is in a similar boat or experiencing similar feelings to do their own due diligence and to not just accept being uncomfortable and feeling crappy and to, I guess, inspire and encourage people to know that they can make a difference And sometimes it's not a straight road, like it's not always like do X, Y, Z and you'll get there. It can be a bit windy and I've certainly felt that way. The last two years has been really up and down for me and I know I like even when I say that I sound like such a broken record, but I don't know what else to tell you because it's the absolute truth. Um, I have my highs, I have my lows, I have some weeks that I feel on top of the world. And then I have other moments where I feel like I can't even go on. And that is just the the journey of being in a really difficult situation at times. In saying that, I do keep it in perspective. I have so much gratitude for everything. But yeah, the last two years has been a lot. I want to also mention that I started experiencing the bloating that I'm going to talk about after I had my operation, which was two years ago in June, um, is it June or July around that time? Two years ago, I had a breast reduction and a breast lift. I've recorded podcast episodes on this where I get really honest with you about why I had that done, what the surgery was like, what the aftercare was like and recovering and everything like that. So you can scroll back to those episodes if that's of interest to you. But after I had my surgery, that's when the bloating got really, really bad. Bad to the point that even the anesthetist and the surgeon were concerned enough to fly me back down to Sydney to have a look at everything. I had never experienced this degree of bloating after my surgery. It was beyond just being like a little bloaty. You know how sometimes you eat something and you're like, oh, or if you have a soft drink and you're like, oh, I need to undo the top button on my shorts. This was like proper, needed to go a couple of dress sizes up to be dressed when I was bloated. And it was really, really high and hard, like rock hard and painful super, super uncomfortable. 
So yeah, the pain, but then also the pain point of just not feeling great. And like, I can remember just thinking, well, people are going to hopefully just think I'm pregnant. Like, that's what I thought. I was like, hopefully people just think like, not as in people that follow along, but just out and about because I was so aware of it and it was so pronounced. I thought, oh, well, people would, people would just look at me and assume that I was pregnant, which I can, I can put a photo up on Instagram, on Instagram stories, maybe, and show it because it's it's wild. It's the sort of thing that you say to someone, yeah, I'm a bit bloaty, and they kind of get that little little idea in their head of what it is. But it was so much worse than just a little soft drink belly. So I also, I guess, the reason I wanted to mention the surgery is that perhaps that did cause some sort of stress to my body. Well, it did. It's definitely stressful to go under and have an operation, and perhaps that was one of the triggers, like that physical stress, as well as the mental stress I've been experiencing as well, which I will talk about in a minute. But the first thing I wanted to speak on is that I really do want to encourage other people listening to do your own due diligence when it comes to struggling with any health issues. Don't just accept, don't just put up with pain and discomfort because you kind of can't be bothered or because your GP doesn't take you seriously the first time, we absolutely must be our own advocate and really explore different modalities and keep showing up to explore things until we feel satisfied that we have an answer that we agree with, I guess, or that, yeah, satisfies our concern. So that's what I did. I did my due diligence in speaking to my surgeon, the anaesthetist, and also my general practitioner as well. I had blood tests, which revealed I was really, really low in iron. So I then took iron supplements. And a couple of months later, I had a follow-up blood test, which revealed I was still ultra low in iron, despite taking daily iron supplements. So my GP advised that I should have an iron infusion, which I did have, and I felt dramatically better in many ways, including my sleep that improved. I had been struggling to sleep. My energy levels improved, but my bloating did not. Now my bloating, I should also say, would flare up. So I wouldn't be consistently pregnant, looking and uncomfortable all the time, but the flare-ups were frequent, like every couple of days. And I was finding it really stressful. Like I was waking up each day thinking, oh, how much pain am I going to be in? How big is my stomach going to be in? When will I know what's going on? Because you kind of just go, oh, you know, like I'll, I'll ride it out. But when it just consistently stays the same or appears to get worse, it's hard to maintain that faith that eventually it will pass. So had my iron infusion, bloating was still happening. I explored um, different options with a naturopath who was great. And when I was speaking with the naturopath, it was more, it was via Zoom, which just had to be the way things were done during COVID and stuff like that. She recommended I take a super high quality magnesium supplement, which I did. She also suggested some digestive enzymes and a few other supplements, which I did take. 
the naturopath also spoke to me about spleen deficiency, which is something I had never heard of, and it's to do with the Chinese medicine modality. And a spleen deficiency, um, I'm not going to try and unpack it because I have we have explored this in a podcast with Tabitha Fennell, and I've had so much feedback on that podcast. So many women have said, oh, my gosh, I think that is applicable to me as well. So have a listen to that episode with Tabitha Fennell about the spleen deficiency. But one of the things that I took from learning about the spleen with this naturopath I was exploring things with was to really avoid frozen foods. Now, I'm not someone who eats a great deal of frozen things. Like I've not had an acai bowl in years. I don't really have smoothies that often. And if I do, I don't tend to have them, you know, like with a lot of frozen fruit in them. But I will say something I was enjoying eating and I still would enjoy eating is frozen banana. That's just like a go-to snack that I love. Like I'll just have banana frozen in the freezer, grab a couple of slices or I'll have a bowl of it with peanut butter. So good. And the naturopath said to me, no more frozen foods. And she also brought up SIBO, which is spelt S-I-B-O. And she thought that perhaps it could be worth exploring a SIBO elimination diet. I should mention I had also followed low FODMAP. I've also done other elimination diets like removing gluten, removing wheat, those sorts of things. And truthfully, I eat and I was eating super clean, which was really frustrating. I don't even know if clean's the right word, but healthfully and mindfully. Um, and so that added to the frustration because it's like, oh, great. Now I can't even eat fucking banana. <laughs> but of course I can, just not frozen, Kylie, not in big bowls. So we have, yeah, so she spoke about the SIBO diet, S-I-B-O, and discussed trying that. And she recommended trying it because of all of the symptoms. But I personally found the SIBO diet really, really hard to follow and very triggering for me mentally. As someone who has a history with eating disorders, being told to follow a very, 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 very strict diet, it wasn't good, was not good. And I think perhaps I would have handled it better at a different time in life. But given the stress that I was feeling, um, in so many areas, then trying to be restrictive, it just didn't work for me. And I could feel old patterns wanting to emerge. And so then having to use the mental energy to work against those, it was too much. And aside from that, I wasn't noticing a difference in doing it. It was making me feel miserable and it was making me have a preoccupation with food that is just not healthy for me. Some people can handle it, I couldn't. So a SIBO diet is basically all warm food and it's so restrictive and such specific portion sizes in certain things and I just couldn't manage it. I couldn't do it. And my bloating seemed to get worse. And so just noticing that, you know, doing, and this is in air quotes, all the right things, my bloating was getting worse it led me to kind of draw a conclusion of going because I'm focusing on this and I'm stressed about it and it's getting worse, maybe stress 
is the actual cause of this flare-up, these flare-ups. Maybe this swelling is far less to do with what I'm eating and how I'm living and more to do with the stress I'm experiencing. And I had to be honest with myself because I think going through really hard stuff in life, I had a tendency at that time to overfunction. And I would say now I have a tendency to underfunction. Um, but at that time, a tendency to overfunction instead of processing what I was feeling. So if I had to be in a situation where I was exposed to someone being angry and unkind and felt really out of control, I would overcompensate by doing a lot. And so I wasn't really allowing my feelings to be fully formed or fully expressed. And so I started considering, is my body just displaying stress because it doesn't have anywhere else to go? I'm a big believer that our body communicates with us. There's a great book called The Body Keeps the Score, which is about storing trauma in our body and how it shows up. And it's a great, great book. I recommend it. But I realized that that could be what's happening. And so when I became aware of that, I really wanted to switch my focus. Before I get into that, though, I should also mention during that, um, you know, due diligence period, I also had urine samples and stool samples and all of those things to rule out anything more sinister because I just wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't anything really dangerous that my body was trying to tell me. So once that was ruled out, I could go, okay, what else? Like, what is my body trying to say here? And I had a bit of a a clear moment in thinking and going, yeah, okay, you're making this such a big focus and it's no good for your brain. And the more you focus on what's going wrong, the more that's going to go wrong indeed. And so I changed my focus and instead of waking up each day wondering what sort of day it would be in terms of pain and discomfort and what the actual cause was and, you know, wanting to fight against my body, I just surrendered. And like even this might sound absolutely ridiculous but even to the point where when I was really bloated I would just like rub my stomach and be like that's okay like I hear you you know I know you're trying to tell me something it's all good it's all good and if this is the worst thing that happens today life is still pretty good and just trying to switch my focus to a different end of the stick and rather than yeah, being preoccupied, more just observing, like observing when were the flare-ups happening and being the observer and putting a bit of distance between my experience and being right in the thick of it, I was then able to accept the flare-ups more as communication from my body and more like a feedback, you know, it's giving me intel here rather than trying to drive me insane. So I began to just observe and notice what was making the bloating and the pain worse and also just doing so from that loving place and that accepting place. And rather than being like, okay, I need to go into commander mode and I need to restrict all the things that could be upsetting my stomach, just being curious. And during that time of being curious about the things that were causing flare-ups, it was so obvious to me, stress, it was stress. Like 
as I said, if I was in a situation where someone was being unkind to me or I had to face something that was really uncomfortable or, you know, just the trauma I was holding on to, that's where it would come up in my body. So journaling was really helpful for me to be able to get those feelings out and to own them. And that's why I think I'm such a proponent of encouraging people to journal, just to spill out your deepest, darkest thoughts, feelings, fears without attachment to them and just release them. Because when you hold onto them, they come out somewhere. And I've heard Glennon Doyle use the saying, or there's a great, a great, (laughs) a great quote she has about the fact that she believes all people are truth tellers. We all tell our truth in one way or another. For some people, it's through their craft. For some people, it's through becoming an addict, Um, stress in the body, eating disorders, all of those things. We're trying to communicate. We're trying to express that a need is not being met. And so when you can spew those needs out that aren't being met onto paper, it's so cathartic. It's really, really good for the soul. So that was helpful for me. Other things that I observed from a more loving place was that, yes, I would have flare-ups when I was consuming frozen foods and fruits. I already knew that I couldn't have, um, I couldn't tolerate dried fruit and things like that well, so I rarely have them. You know, the occasional product that might have a date in it, but I tend to steer clear because as much as I love them, um, I feel shit afterwards. And everything in life, like I always say, comes down to pain versus pleasure. Does the pain of having a big, fat, juicy, medjool date, is that worth the pleasure of being really uncomfortable for the next couple of hours? Not for me in that case. Um, So yeah, I was already aware of that, but just becoming even more dialed in. I realized that having caffeine wasn't working for me. It was adding to the stress. This was, you know, when I first started exploring things, I have introduced caffeine back into my diet in moderation, just through natural pre-workouts and the occasional proper coffee. But I only have decaf at home and I tend to buy decaf when I'm out as well, but occasionally I'll have a normal one and I seem to be able to tolerate that pretty well. I'm still mindful not to have it too close to bedtime and yada, yada, all that stuff. So reducing caffeine was another one. Also artificial sweetener. So many products are loaded with artificial sweetener. And, you know, I'm not well versed enough at all in nutrition to get into the pros and cons of whether sugar is better for you or stevia or how dangerous aspartame or however you say it is. But I will say even the natural sweeteners for me, like your stevias, and your erythritol, I think erythritol could even be a, um, a, a, like made from, derived, that's the word, derived from the stevia plant. I could be wrong. But erythritol is a, a sweetener that is touted as a natural one, but it's, it's, I just can't have it. Anything that has erythritol in it makes me blow up like a balloon. I can tolerate a very, very, very small amount, but I do so knowing that there is a chance that I might feel a little uncomfortable later. So just observing that makes life easier for me. 
And again, I just have to be very mindful not to switch into an all or nothing mindset. Like I don't take it off the table completely as in, oh my gosh, you're never having it. It's just like, hey, be aware. Now in the same vein of being, I guess, aware, I also started to have a look at the way I had been exercising because after my operation, to ease back into training, I was doing a lot of long walks. And so many people said to me, if you're bloated, walk, like just walk, walk, walk. And, you know, I had received the advice of making sure I was hitting 10,000 steps a day, which is, you know, that's just good general advice, I'm sure. But I had been really, really focused on hitting those steps each day and doing a long walk and making sure I was moving around as much as possible. And I just had to be honest with myself and realize I was walking from a place of wanting to hit steps, not of enjoyment. And I don't like to be like that. And because with my work, I'm sat down a lot. Like I'm sat down right now and I'll be sat down for a good chunk of today. The only way I could get those steps in was to do two walks a day. And it was taking up far too much time. I was doing it from a place of lack and not really wanting to do it. So it wasn't adding joy or happiness to me. So I had to realize, okay, I'm not loving this style of training. Um, It's not lighting me up. So what could I do? I decided to book in two boxing sessions a week with a PT because I just wanted a bit of variety and to try something different. There's that saying, you know, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I like the idea of the accountability of meeting with someone um, in a park to do boxing twice a week. So I did that. I took the pressure off the walks and I really thought about what sort of training I enjoyed. And I got back to that. I got back to my fast, hard, sweaty, really challenging workouts. And I don't know if you can even hear the change in my voice, but I fucking love to train really hard. And to get back to that felt good to get to up the ante, um, to up the intensity felt really good. And I hadn't been able to do that either because I have a tiny little internal hernia on the inside of my belly button. So there were all these things I had to go through physio and the physio also said that I was really, really tight in my stomach. So I also began foam rolling my stomach and using one of those spiky massage balls on that too, which could have helped as well with the bloating. So there's all these different things that I was trying, but rather than from a place of trying to fix and being upset, I became more the curious observer. What can I do? So in that vein, got back to my hard workouts, short, sharp, completely stopped tracking and being aware of steps because it was making me feel crap. Back into my hard training sessions and I loved it. I really, and I still love it and that's how I'm still training today and that's definitely made a difference to my mindset to to be and feel really lit up by the way that I'm exercising. I still enjoy walks, but now I'm like, yeah, like grab a coffee and go for a casual beach walk, not pound the pavement with the sole purpose of hitting a certain number of steps because it's no good for my brain. And evidently that is no good for your body. When it's not good for your brain, it comes up somewhere else. You feel it. A few other things that I wanted to mention when it comes to tweaks and changes I have made over the last however long, a couple of months in particular. One is really being mindful of my eating. I am someone who can eat 
really quickly. I think from being a hairdresser and a flight attendant, being in careers where you just hoover your food when you get the chance and you do it quickly because someone needs you. Um, And yeah, so I just, I've, and you know, with kids as well, having two young kids, you just kind of eat on the fly, you eat in the car, you eat standing up. And so really switching gears to mindfully eat, to sit down now, most of the time when I eat, um, and to really chew my food and to make it last longer rather than being a, a speed thing, just try and enjoy my food a little more. Chewing is so important. I explored that with James Nestor as well. And when we chew, I believe it has to do with the saliva that we create, which then can help our body digest food. Could be wrong there. Um, but yeah, chewing, being mindful. Also not drinking with meals was one that Amy, the PT I was seeing, um, mentioned to me ever since I was little, I would always just have a drink with any meal. You know, you're going to eat, have a water with it or whatever. And she said to me, try and have your water 20 minutes before you eat and 20 minutes after, but not during your meals. I don't know what the science is there, but it's just something that I went, oh, it's worth giving it a try. And it seems to, um, it's certainly not doing any harm. I also realized that I, when I was just observing how how I move through the world, that I tend to just graze and nibble because I work from home. And so I would find that I was often hungry. Like I would go, oh yeah, like I just ate, but an hour later I'm hungry again because I was eating small portions frequently. And so I just wanted to be curious about that and go, huh, what if I changed up the ingredients or the things that constitute a meal or a snack and just see if I can feel more satisfied for a longer period of time. So I thought, let's just try it out and see if I can if I can do that. And that's made a big difference as well. So I will eat something now that includes a solid serve of carbs, protein and fats. And then I'm genuinely not hungry for the next three and a half, four hours. And I imagine that's got to be helpful for digestion. I could be wrong, um, but giving my body space to actually digest food before adding more <laughs> could be a winner. I do not track macros nor calories. I will say that when I first, when I was feeling really shitty about gaining weight, I did reach out to someone to help to to try and make a difference in wanting to feel better in the skin that I'm in, in my body. And, you know, that was a tracking thing. And again, I just realized, like after maybe a month of doing it, I was like, I cannot do it. It makes everything worse for me. So I do not calorie count. I do not track macros. Hats off to you if that works for you. I just know it does not work for me mentally right now. So the other thing that I did was I just mentally committed to four-week blocks of training and being mindful with my food intake and the things that caused flare-ups. And the reason I started doing this was around Christmas time, um, Mark was going away. He went away for like six weeks. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's like six weekends in a row when I was looking at my calendar and I thought, huh. For these four weeks, I'm just going to be mindful of the things that cause flare-ups. I'm going to really 
make sure the way that I'm training lights me up and I'm going to be consistent with doing 20 minutes of intense training that makes me happy six days a week. And I'll just do that and see if at the end of this four-week period I feel any different. And it really was about feeling different. And, you know, in saying that, of course, I wanted to also see a difference as well because it's really disheartening when you're, again, in air quotes, doing all the things and feel like you're staying stagnant or you're moving further from your goals. So I wanted to have that commitment of going, okay, I'll do it for four weeks and see how I feel at the end, rather than trying to assess day by day or week by week, because it's so hard to know. And women's bodies, we change week to week. So I did that. And for that four week commitment, I thought I'll take photos at the beginning, which I've shared on Instagram stories, and then photos at the end of the four week round. And I did it and I could see a difference and feel a difference, could feel a difference in the way that my clothes were fitting in my bloat level and the shape as well and puffiness. And so that became really encouraging. And so I just kept repeating that going, okay, four week commitment, done one four week commitment. I've done a second, I've done a third, I've done a fourth. And now I just feel like I'm in a really good habit and I just flow. I don't think about the four week thing anymore, but it was such a great way to kickstart being the observer and dialing back into how I was feeling and coming at it from a place of gaining, not what do I need to lose? Like, what can I gain in these few weeks? How can I gain more enjoyment from my training? How can I gain a better connection with food and my body and my stress levels? And so that was really helpful as well. And in the vein of talking about what can I gain and my values, really coming back to what is the reason that I want to feel good. And for me, my reason is I love being able to keep up with the kids. Like I love the fact that I can go down a water slide with them. I can chase them on a playground. I can jog next to them while they ride their bikes. I value that. I also really want to have vitality throughout all of my life. I'm turning 34 this year, but when I'm turning 44 and 54 and 64, I still want to have my faculties and abilities. And so that's my why. And when I looked at that, I was like, oh, it's just, it allows you to feel so much more loving towards this journey. My why isn't that I need to fit into my super small clothes. You know, at the end of my life, people aren't going to say, it was really great that Kylie could fit into those clothes. They're just not. Um, Or it was really great that Kylie felt good in a bikini. You know what I mean? Like it's so much more important that, yes, of course, you want to feel good, but what's your true why? What is the value? So I would just urge you to think about that as well because if you're struggling with bloating or not feeling good in your body, rather than being down on yourself, and thinking about what you have to give up or how far the journey is, just going, okay, what is it that I actually want to gain? What are my true values? And can I just observe and make smaller improvements towards something I value? Because when we value things, we move towards them and it's so much easier. So identify what that value is for yourself. I would also encourage anyone who is considering a bit of a commitment of trying a different style of training 
to throw your goddamn scales out. Sorry about the goddamn there, but throw them out, throw them out, throw them out, throw them out. I can't say it enough. I, and I say this because I can see a significant difference in my shape and I've not weighed myself in a couple of months now, but during these commitments, I could see a difference in my shape, even when the scale didn't move. And I, I would guess that the scales probably haven't moved. I think I would still be carrying that 10 kilos that I put on, but I'm carrying it differently and I feel good. And so I'm not going to let a stupid number on a set of scales tell me otherwise. Throw your scales in the bin unless you need them for a medical reason. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I, I really don't think that they are helpful. I took photos and I have found that helpful because I think you can objectively see a difference and then that can be encouraging. But again, just coming back to your feeling. Stress for me still causes a little bit of a flare up, but nowhere near as bad because I'm so much better at managing it. And I think the the other pieces of the proverbial pie help as well with that, you know, being mindfully eating slowing down, chewing, not drinking with meals, enjoying my training, coming at it from a place of gain, not a place of lack. Also having known that I've done my due diligence and I've ruled out anything potentially sinister. Now with my stress, breathing is a big one. I also sigh a lot. I noticed that I was a habitual breath holder. If I was feeling a bit stressy, I'd take a breath and hold it in my chest rather than letting it get all the way to my belly. That's been really helpful. I, as I said, I sigh a lot because that helps me with my breath. So I'll be walking around the house and just going, (sighs) and like, it sounds so silly, but it really does help with your breathing. And for me, that's been a great little mini stress reducer. And when I feel myself getting uptight and tense, I do that like my big, and just a proper exhale. And I'd encourage you to do that as well. Foam rolling has been helpful. I really enjoy that practice. There are so many different like little slivers, slivers, whatever the word is of the pie that have all made a difference. But the biggest one is just being an observer and coming at it from a place of love. So those are the top things that I wanted to share with you. I hope that it's helpful for someone else out there. Just know that if you are struggling to feel good right now, that is not your lot in life. That is not the end of the story. You can absolutely take steps towards feeling much brighter, much happier, much more confident, much more at peace. Just identify your values first because when we know our values, we gravitate towards them and it makes life, it makes this journey so much easier and more enjoyable. I really do hope this episode has landed with someone out there who wanted and needed to hear this. As always, just a reminder, any health concerns, visit your healthcare practitioner. That discount code again for this episode, which is value, which is live, excuse me, for the month of March is love Kylie for 15% off Esme would mean the world to me if you take a screenshot right now, pop this story up on your Instagram and tag me at Kylie Camps. Just remember, 
please remember to be really, really kind to yourself. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.